Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss the Connors, ports, and anthologies. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Well, we're back. We're back. And we're we're better than ever. I say that all the time, but I don't have anything else to say. I think we it. are. My Switch is now OLED. You got, you actually got the OLED Switch. Well, for work purposes, but yes. Yeah, 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 sure, of course. I mean, as, as we all have gotten it for. Um, I actually have considered, I've considered and continue to consider buying it, but I definitely have no reason to buy it. I mean, it's it's just a Switch with a slightly larger screen and an OLED there's, screen. There's right? nothing special about it. I mean, I will say the screen is nice. Like, nobody's going to ever walk away from the screen saying, oh, it's worse than the other one. No, it's much better. But no, I'll bet somebody It's is. extremely painful to do a system transfer and start... Uh, and just even get your switch content on it. It's extremely painful. I'm about to write a piece that's I'm, just I'm, like I'm, why I'm is bummed it so out. hard I mean, to use the switch. Actually, actually, that's great because I, I literally yesterday almost went on a rant in Slack about how fucking slow the switch is at doing things like opening the store and scrolling through games to buy. Yes. It's like it is like so bad feeling. It is like using it just feels like a device that is absolutely pushed beyond its its limits of and its limits are apparently like loading some squares with like game logos in them. It you know, like I have I have like very fast Fios here and it takes forever to pull down a page of like just the teaser titles from games that i might want to purchase it's crazy there is no update all button for your games or software you have to individually check for updates every time that means if you haven't played a game in two weeks and you put a game card in and there's an update Mm. you have to then Mm. wait for it to update before you can play it also in addition um I, I I was on here earlier trying to re-download all my all of my software which you have to do individually title by title you have to transfer over um Animal Crossing and several other games through individual processes the saves and then the rest are in cloud saves but you have to re-download it before you play the game you have to go through every single game and update individually and then there are games that have been delisted from the store so the only way to get them is through a special menu it is absolutely a horrible experience. I cannot believe I think, it is a yeah. it is a is the most popular game console in 2021, and they've done nothing to improve any of this. Yeah, I just think um, I had to go through my game list, like literally with the, both switches, and and scroll through and see if anything was missing on site, so that I made sure I didn't lose any of my games. That's I mean, insane. Nintendo's always been bad at the internet. In a way, in a way, it's very much like how apple is i mean apple's gotten somewhat better at the internet um but they're still kind of bad at it in comparison to like a google it doesn't come to them naturally yeah and and you can tell it's like it's like how long were we syncing stuff using itunes i mean remember i I mean it's kind of hard to believe but there was a there was a point where like on windows you you still do Ugh, I don't want to even. You use get an out of here old with that. an old iTunes app on Windows to put a file on your phone. 
No, no, I don't want to think about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying their file system is good, but but Nintendo to me is like it's very Apple-like. They're kind of this weird blind spot for how the internet operates. I actually booted up. Um, uh, Laura had an old like 3DS, and I, we wanted to play a Pokemon game on it. Uh, I think Detective Pikachu was the game we wanted to play, and because uh, we watched the movie, you know, Zelda and I watched the movie, and then we're like, oh, there's a game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was like crazy. Like, I'm like, how does this work? Like they, they, I mean, of course I know it's really old technology now and the internet was in a different state, but like using it felt so, I was like, whoa, like what are these weird ideas they had of like, you are online and then you are not online. Like it, it literally is like, it connects for certain things and then it disconnects and then you have to like tell it to connect again to do other things. It's I mean, like even the very, idea very, of like blocks versus just telling me how much storage is left on my device is like yeah wh why yeah. would you do that why would you do that if no, i had I to learn a currency why not teach me the one that it is yeah it's, <laughs> well you know it's a universal currency when you think about it I, I mean that probably is that's like my brother was in my range rover when i first got it and he's like uh why is the on the gear shift uh it, it's an old it's like a 95 you know it's an old range rover and um the gear shift has you know reverse drive whatever on both sides of the of the gear shift. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's because they make this car in both left hand and right hand drive. And this is one part they don't have to make in two different versions. They can just, it's just like, it's on both sides, you know, like, which is, which is efficient, you know, like a block is a block, no matter what like language you speak or what type of currency you use. At any rate, um, so yeah, so Nintendo's very bad at the internet, and uh, but but getting to but to the on the OLED model, the Switch OLED thing, I I would love to buy a new Switch. I'll be honest with you, I'm dying to spend money on something I do not need. It's a real problem for me. But but if they, if they had just been like, okay, it's like got an OLED screen, it's a little bit bigger, and all of the menus work faster, like all of the apps. Not like the games play better. I don't even care. Yeah, you don't even need to put anything in 4K. But it's sort of insane. It is kind of insane. They absolutely could have put a better processor in it for zero dollars. I mean, they definitely could have like that. Pro what is the CPU they're using? It's like from 2015. It's it's just and it's just like it's not like Shield. a custom Nintendo, right? It's not like a custom Nintendo CPU. No, right? I mean it's like an off the shelf Nvidia. So they could have absolutely been like, we're gonna put a better processor in it we're not going to upgrade the resolution we're not going to upgrade the graphics which things are just going to play more consistently at this at 30 frames per second and more consistent your menus will work better and your you know everything will feel smoother and whatever it's like just upgrade it like an android or phone, do it the way that you know? they did it before which was like secretly in the night they made it the battery life better and a couple other little tweaks on the inside and then when people found out they were like well if you really want to know you could look at the serial number and go get it but we're just calling it a nintendo switch and you could yeah. have just secretly yes. made it slightly faster and not made a marketing thing out of it and then later when you have a 4k model or something you really want to push call it the new nintendo switch and push those features but for the people who really love their switch or use it a lot or real like people People who are really engaged with the brand, it would be nice if I could buy an, a, a, a anything from your store without waiting forty five minutes to get it. Uh, yeah, I just wish. Yeah, anyhow, so I was very tempted to. I'm very tempted to get a new switch, but the truth is, when I think about it, I'm it actually kind of bums me out because it's like, uh, you know. I want it to be a 
actually better and it's not really do you know what i mean yeah i mean it is it's it's uh, i i don't think when the steam deck comes out i don't understand the argument for the switch oh outside of first party stuff there's well uh, i mean and you can yeah i mean nintendo games i mean well, well I'll you can also emulate switch games on the steam deck and they can run you? fine can you? yeah can yes, you yes, is that yes. true yeah but like okay but 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 to be clear not illegal uh, if you buy the game not illegal no i get it but you know what zelda and i've been doing lately is we're playing um let's go pikachu and it turns out you can just like have another person join you to like play with you as a trainer while you're walking around doing that stuff. And it's super fun. Yeah. And it's only possible because you could like literally break off the controllers from the switch. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And like, that's like, that is a thing that I thought for sure I wouldn't care about at all. And it turns out is actually an unbelievable, uh, is like an unbelievable innovation. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I hate to, I feel like I always talk about this, but, um, it is sort of like, uh, the, uh, the Wii U, where I'm like, why would I have this controller with this gigantic screen on it? And then I played Zombie U, and I'm like, oh my god, this is truly... Nintendo's first-party experiences are always really magical, and the Switch has some amazing games. I mean, I'm obsessed with Metroid Dread. I've, I've almost beaten it. Is it good? I'm obsessed with it. I, I, I really? worship the altar of Metroid Dread. I love it so much. No, yeah. I feel like you like everything. No, I feel like you always say everything is good. I Come on. I love it. I haven't nah, liked the never, Metroid what's the last, game. What's the last game? What's the last game you did? That I really hated. Yeah. Um You're too you're very you're very uh uh I'm not saying you're not critical, but I'm enthusiastic. I mean, you are you are pretty you're very critical. critical. Yeah. No, but you're also very enthusiastic. I guess. I guess if I don't like something, I don't assume that it's bad. I assume that it's not for me. Like most of the time, if I really hate something, I'm like, okay, it doesn't seem like a bad product. I just don't really want to play like Gears of War right now or Call of Duty. The people who like it seem to like it. Occasionally, I'll see something that's a really bad product. Like, it's yeah, but bad you're not me. like, but you're not, but you're not like, you're not exactly, you're not saying you don't like it. No. You're not, you're not dissing no, it. No, because I, if it's not for me, I mean, I guess I just have an understanding that a lot of like, not, very sorry to say this, I don't want to cause up any controversy from gamer gators, but like straight white guys, generally like cis wow. guys, wow. generally. This is, ra this is racism. But you're you generally here, get folks. everything catered to you. So when you don't like it, you're like, that's like, don't, bad. Don't, don't loop me in. Don't loop me in with these straight <laughs> white guys. You don't know what I, you don't know what I'm into. But I'm used to seeing stuff and being like, I don't want <laughs> to watch. What I'm into. I don't want to watch Ted Lasso. I don't. And so I don't, it's just not I don't for either. me. And that's okay. I also don't want to watch Ted. Neither one of us wants to watch Ted Lasso. We're going to hear that's, about this. You know, people are Ted Lasso psychos. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I, I watched one episode of Ted Lasso. And you know how it made me feel? Like I didn't want to watch a second episode <laughs> of Ted Lasso. I, I, I was like, this is not for me. It's for somebody... That person is not the, the me. snippets I get from social media are like, well, you'll you won't believe Jamie's emotional journey on the show. He started out very defiant, and now he's inspired. And I'm like, I really am good. I don't need to know about soccer. I'm really fine. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I don't know the whole. Listen, I don't want to talk. Turn this into a Ted Lasso TED talk, <laughs> but um, the whole vibe of the show just did not uh, just did not do it for me. I don't know. I'm sure there are. I know you listen. I know you're out there. Tony, you love Ted Lasso. You, you legally changed your name to Tony Lasso. Uh, and I'm and, happy for you. It's just not for me. It's good. I'm glad you have your thing. You know, people are always like, oh, I love, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a show that everybody's always like, I love this show. 
that I hated. Uh, Big Bang know, Theory. No, you liked Big Bang Theory. Shit. No, I didn't. Okay, I did not like <laughs> Big Bang Theory. I did ironically watch a lot of Big Bang Theory. Uh, like, for reasons I don't, I'll never fully understand, I was like, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I think it was like, I kind of wanted to know, you know, it's like, it's sort of like the thing with Manifest, which I've discussed. Yeah. <laughs> I've recently discussed. You had to know the uh, mind of a Stanifest. No, I think it was a little bit like a joke. And then I was like, I'm now, okay, now I'm watching it. But like, I also watch a lot of the Connors, which yeah. is like, uh, uh, is truly like a, a work of art when it comes to like bad television. I mean, it's hard to explain, but uh, it's like. The Connors is okay. First off, the Connors, if you don't know, is Roseanne, but then Roseanne got canceled and was fired for being like a huge racist. Um, and they're like, we'll just do the show like Roseanne died. <laughs> it's just called Roseanne. <laughs> it starred Roseanne Barr. Okay. She is like the center of the show. They're like, okay, Roseanne's dead. <laughs> and now we're just going to do the show. John Goodman is back. Everybody came back. Everybody, nobody was like, no, fuck this, Roseanne. We, we were with Ro- we we stand with Roseanne. Not a single person involved in the show did that. Just I think that says something. By the way, like I do, not a single person was like I refuse to do this show without Roseanne. <laughs> They're like, all right. They I were guess. like, all right. Well, nice. Though, so we uh we're gonna rehearse now. Anyhow, or? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. They're like Roseanne. We fired Roseanne. They're like, ooh. Okay. Well, uh, does are this gonna change the scene that we're rehearsing or is she? Is she going to, what are we going to do? Something to read for her? You know, anyhow, but, um, I just remembered the Connors. I just remembered the game that I, last game that I hated and I just have to get it in yeah. here really quickly. Let's talk about okay, the Connors. Cause, I, cause yeah, cause I got to talk about the Connors It's very important. Cyberpunk. I hated cyberpunk. Nah, cyberpunk's great. One of the greatest games of all time. Unquestion, unquestion, unquestionable, unquestioned. All right. The Connors, whatever, the Connors. Yeah. The Con, anyhow, then the Connors. So then they come back and like, they're like, Roseanne's dead. <laughs> And, you know, The Connors is a show that's, like, made by people, by, like, Hollywood people who are, like, we really want to make – we want to comment on the state of, like, low-income Americans, hardworking, blue-collar, low-income, everyday Americans who are, who are you know, dealing with a world that's that slipped through their fingers. You know, it's like the forgotten man. Like, like, like the show is, like, kind of for the forgotten man that Trump referenced in his State of the Union, you know, the – you know, uh, John Goodman is a, is this like, you know, he's a construction worker. All his employees are um, illegal immigrants uh, that he's paying under the table. And so the green know, lighting process was very condescending and very patronizing <laughs> to an entire to the majority of America. <laughs> at, any, at any rate, at any rate. So so anyhow, yeah, the Connor, but they but they tackle like the show. What's great about the Connors is that it its second season was like at the start of the pandemic or it's third season or one of the seasons and they like tackle issues. They so it became like a, they want to do like an Archie bunker type of thing, you know, where they're like talking about the issues, you know, like racism, black lives matter is a, there's an episode about that. There's an episode where, you know, it's, I don't want to spoil it, but Becky gets, gets knocked up by an illegal immigrant who works for her dad and he has to get, he gets deported and, then she has like an anchor baby or whatever. You know, it's like they really they, they it's like a, a grab bag of anything that is talked about on Fox. They have like an episode. <laughs> yeah, like it. I'm I'm With eagerly really, anticipating the critical race theory. Too. There's a trans. There's a no. There's a trans character that they have an episode about that. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like 
just, you know, there's an episode about how Dan doesn't want to wear a mask as John Goodman's character. He doesn't want to mask <laughs> up, you know. I mean, it's just, it's actually, the more I talk about it, I'm like, I should be watching this. Why am I, did I not continue to watch The Connors? Because it's just so fucking, it's so fucking stupid. You know, it's like so heavy handed, dumb, illogical, like, uh, like people who think they can talk about things that are going on with real people that have no actual experience or awareness of it. Anyhow, it's a great show. So I started, why, why are we even talking about the Connors? I can't remember why. Because <laughs> we talked about the big bang a, theory. Oh yeah. I don't, I, the big bang theory was like, that's uh, I mean, big bang. Like the Connors makes big bang theory look like Seinfeld. You know yeah. It looks erudite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're like, wow, this is actually pretty, pretty good. These guys are all pretty good at acting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know okay wait but why are we talking about any of this what were we talking about the prior? switch oled <laughs> and how i liked metroid dread oh metroid dread because right. some yeah. things I've are for some reviews. people and some things aren't for some people metroid dread i feel is for anyone who likes video games if you like the idea of a video game you will enjoy metroid dread i do i like okay so i've been playing as you know i've been as you know i've been playing through the castlevania catalog yes via via emulators both large and small and uh is how much is metroid gonna i i was never what's weird is i've i was never a metroid player okay uh, and so it's very so, similar you might have little things yeah? that you're like oh this is my little peccadillo but take all the castlevania stuff and then just do sci-fi like alien inspired and then um you know, there's different lore. I mean, the lore is a little tighter, actually. But it's 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 that. It's very I, similar. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that the genre is, is is Metroidvanias. I don't know. I feel like I get, like, sucked into this. Uh, I keep getting sucked into, like, you know, it's like there's a new Switch game. And for some reason, it seems really appealing to me. Like, I was watching somebody I follow on Twitter was, was sharing um, screen grabs of uh, No More Heroes 3. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this looks insane like i gotta play this what is this and uh and um you know i got that and i played it for like a couple of hours and i'm like i don't know is this for me i don't know it's like there's so much going on the third it's so one like, was okay but it's the first couple of games that i was like oh this is such a great idea oh my god i love this but then by the time i played the third one i was like i got it yeah at any rate but i bought it and i'm like okay and i bought eastward which i actually did love but then i kind of stopped playing i've kind of stopped playing everything i I'm like nothing holds my interest these days. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's the war state of the world, but no games. The only thing that really can hold my interest for for hours on end is is any literally any old Castlevania game. Like I don't know why. Then you're gonna love way, Metroid Dread. I mean, you really are. Well, that's my that's my thinking. But maybe I'll wait till it goes on sale. Yeah, definitely wait for it to know. go on sale. If you're not like in, does they did they ever? But do they ever put games on sale? I feel like they. You will. You'll get Black Friday deals around the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. Can I wait that long? I gotta get a new game. I mean, my 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 actual hobby is just getting new games. That's <laughs> Shopping. my what I, I don't like. I don't like playing games. I like acquiring new versions, owning them, new like games, Gollum. owning games. <laughs> no, actually, it's funny. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about how he buys physical games, and because uh, he just thinks it's crazy to to spend money on, you know not have a physical copy you could potentially resell. And it started to make me feel kind of guilty, like stupid for not doing that. Yeah. You know? Anyhow, 
I, uh, I'm just sorry. Okay, so let's get back on topic. Uh, what the fuck was the topic? We were talking about uh, the new Switch and how I'm not going to buy it because it doesn't actually improve anything. No. I mean, the screen is bigger and pretty. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, at any rate, so that's the news. That's, that's Ryan's review of the new Switch, <laughs> which, and as we know, we can't trust Ryan's opinion about anything because he's he likes everything. <laughs> Except for uh, Cyberpunk, well, I'm just particularly bullying you. Except for Cy- except for Cyberpunk, for some reason, guy doesn't recognize genius when he sees it. Um, all right, but what else is going on? So Chappelle, last week we talked about Chappelle's um, uh, commentary, uh, which I so I didn't realize, but like it's the majority of his stand-up routine is just about trans people. Yeah, like he's like really fixated on. He was it. intent um, on doing like he rehearsed a bunch of content that was worse and better and then this was that what he landed on he was gonna do an hour about trans people yeah it's like i don't know just for for a second let's step back and i don't know maybe there's just like something going on with dave that that you know he needs to address on a personal level like i'm not sure it's about like what he needs to say on his in his comedy routine now of course as you know uh i'm a big supporter of free free speech you know you always hear me talking about right Man, I love free speech. I'm always telling people, you know, if I meet somebody and they're like, "What do you? Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, "Well, first and foremost, I support free speech. <laughs> That's before anything else." Um, I don't keep so, a copy know, a of, lot the, of, of the of the uh, Constitution in my pocket. I keep a copy of just the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Laura Laura made an observation. She's like, "It's not like she's like it's uh, you know I, I can handle like the joke. I mean, the quote unquote jokes or whatever. It's like I can handle him. You know what he's saying. It's like." Obviously, it's offensive and stupid, but, you know, the comedians say offensive, stupid things all the time, but it's like, it, it almost seems like there's something wrong with Dave Chappelle. Like, like there's something, like, that he needs to, like, not, it's not comedy that he needs to do, it's maybe, like, therapy that he needs to do. And I can see that. Um, I was surprised by uh, the how much of, how much of it was really focused on this one topic, which suggests... Something I don't know what I don't know what it suggests. It's just a weird thing to fixate on. Um, just a just an odd place to fixate if you're Dave Chappelle, in my opinion. But but you know, I'm not Dave Chappelle, so who am I to say? Uh but um but you know what's interesting is is the controversy. I thought this would be the kind of thing that would because I do believe that there's some element to this that Dave Chappelle has manufactured and that he wanted this to happen. Oh, yeah. He wanted you know, this is a and I said it I think I said it when we talked about it last time that this is a as much a marketing ploy as it is anything else, or maybe even more so than anything else, that 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 you know he likes and wants the attention and the controversy because that's that's good for the bottom line at the end of the day. Um, but uh, but it has not. I wouldn't say that the conversation about it has necessarily wound down, and if anything, it's kind of wound up. And I, and it's very interesting to see um, people's individual reactions to it i'll tell you what is really really and and i'll say this like i like i i understand that like if you think it's funny like i'm not surprised that people think dave Chappelle's jokes are funny right like he's funny and he's good at telling jokes and it is true that a lot of comedy is like often can often feel like very shocking or hurtful when you hear some of the things that are in the comedy. It's not surprising. This is not like the first time. I mean, go back and watch like Eddie Murphy's, the shit that he did about like the gay community. I mean, it's really offensive. Like, like, you know, it was a different time, of course, where you could say different things. 
you know, I'm sure there's like a, I'm sure there's a German stand-up comic who did a fucking amazing routine about Jews. You know, like. <laughs> I, no, I do. I, do, I, I think, think stand-up comedy as an art form gets where it gets in any country without a bedrock of juice. I mean, you got to have <laughs> – I'm just saying like – you know, I know what you the, mean. It's kind of like – you know, it's kind of – but I mean the, tr- the truth is like there, there, maybe Dave Chappelle did, a, did 62 minutes or however many minutes he spent on the trans topic. Maybe he did 62 minutes about how greedy Jews were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if – I don't know if people would have taken it differently or He was like it's actually punching up because they're so rich. Right, right. And like, I don't know if people would have been like, this is great. Or I feel like maybe it's possible that a lot more people would have been like, wait a second. Then it's like, then the, um, then most interestingly, the, the CEO of, of uh, Netflix. Oh God, Ted Sarandos. Uh, said Ted Sarandos, who uh, I believe I once had breakfast with, uh, with him and Reed Hastings when I took over, when I became editor-in-chief of Engadget, they invited me to breakfast. And uh, what did they and serve? I think Ted was there. At the time, well, we went to we went to Michael's, which is a fancy business person breakfast place in the city that I'd never been to because I was like a scumbag from Pittsburgh and didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, but I think Ted was there. But at that point, I think Ted was like the the head of corporate communications. I think he was like uh-huh. that was his job before that. At any rate, this is a long time. Obviously, this is over well over a decade ago. But um, but Ted he put out a statement to the company and he was like, you know, we welcome all these different voices and we understand some people may feel offended and. You know, comedy is often, you know, I love this fucking thing, by the way, this, we are all supposed to believe in this, this idea that like, that comedians are fucking the Plato of our day. And like, we don't have any better discourse than what the comedians can share with us that like, George Carlin screwed us. Yeah. If you don't feel that Louis CK is simply the, the greatest philosophical voice of a generation, then, then you're missing the point, man. Like, Comedians are fucking guys who tell largely guys who tell jokes, okay? And like sometimes they're they're really poignant storytellers or have really interesting ideas, but they're not they're not fucking this is not the it's not the Algonquin round table. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like these are they're fucking comedians. They're making jokes there about are like Larry, Larry the cable guy. There are transcendent voices in every art form who you would love to hear deep thoughts on and who you respect. It doesn't mean that everyone in any given art form needs like the like amazing uh, Im- it, complete impunity to all criticism. Like uh, just because yeah, there's a like, novelist like, I think is great doesn't mean that we necessarily need to get like you know, everybody who's ever written a novel, like, oh, the woman who wrote Twilight, like, I definitely need to hear what she thinks about trans people. Like, no, I don't. I think I'm good. I do. I do. It's like, it's like, you know, Bono, Bono, it's like Bono being like the most important voice about the troubles in Ireland. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he is. I think he's written a couple of songs about it or whatever. But like, anyhow, the point is, uh, so people are like, oh yeah, these are they're modern day philosophers. What's really depressing to me is when you look at the responses on, and it is perfectly indicative of what we were talking about last week. And I don't want to spend all this whole episode talking no, we about have Dave Chappelle, stuff. frankly, because frankly, I'm tired of talking about Dave Chappelle. But like, he's we're giving him what he wants. But um, but uh, and I, I say this as a person who has loved Dave Chappelle's comedy. Like, I like when he's really funny, and I think he's capable of being really funny and smart and interesting and thought provoking. Uh, I don't think this material is is any of those things. I think it's it's mean spirited and hateful and mis misplaced. Uh, and the people he's playing to, Roxanne Gay wrote a really good editorial uh, for the New York Times, and it's like she basically is like he sounds like a boomer, like a he sounds like an old man making like jokes about he's like scandalized by like people being gay. 
you know, like, uh, I mean, this is like on the level of like these kind of like old school. I mean, it was basically like, you know, kind of like the Eddie Murphy, like gay stuff or whatever. And there's a million comics you can point to. But anyhow, the point is what's really depressing to me is the people online on Twitter who are like, if somebody's like, I'm really offended by this, or I thought this was really hurtful, or this was harmful, or whatever, they're like, you know, it's like the Elon Musk people. They're like jumping to this to his defense, and it's like, um, it just shows it just shows how much you could hear in some of their responses the true like the venom in the responses. Like I saw people who were sharing screenshots of the audience. And there's a couple of people in the audience who are. I don't know. They're like not laughing at his trans jokes and they're sharing, people were sharing images of these people and making fun of them. And it's like, that's the thing that goes, that's where, that's why this sucks because it empowers those people to be absolutely pieces of shit in the real world to real people. And like, and, and it is, you could just see it all over the internet now. And it certainly, it certainly will be reflected and is already reflected in real world behavior from people. So, so it's just it like, it gives people it's, it's, a license and it gives them, it also gives people the ability to say like, it get it lets them get into the weeds and muddy the issue so they can say like, I don't have a problem with trans people. I have a problem with people who tell people what to say. And then they get to yeah, talk no, as much it, shit as they quote unquote want because they don't really have a problem with trans people. Right. We, we, we're engaged now in a conversation about, I mean, Roxanne points this out as well, that, that, that as soon as you say that you're like, as soon as you're critical of it, you know, he's, his answer is like, oh, well, you're these people on the internet and you're like, you, it's all this misplaced criticism and you can't take a joke. And so you're, so your, so your criticism is in, is invalidated immediately and automatically by the, by the material. It, this right? is like, like Groundhog you, Day, by the way. Like I did all this with gay rights and then eventually the people, like for the most part, like if you open any Reddit thread about gay people, the Almost every response that is visible is very supportive and understanding and has nuanced takes on the issues for the most part. Not everyone. Please don't send me Reddit threads. But in the most part, in the most popular subreddits, you see that. You go to a YouTube channel, someone comes out, for the most part, overwhelmingly a thumbs up. And that's a weird shift to have seen take place in your life. But then when see you see trans people who literally are part of our community, an adjacent part of our community, like... Uh, 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 I mean, as a non-binary person, definitely identify as part of that umbrella. It's a big, it's a big tent of LGBTQIA people who came together post-AIDS as a community to like move this whole thing forward. And to see that you, you just start from square one, to see, like you're completely uninformed and it, it feels like starting over. And then when you go to inform somebody, the, their first response is not like, oh, interesting. Thank you for telling me I was wrong or, or thank you for clarifying. I would love to have a larger polite conversation about this. Everyone's first response is like, I'm not a bigot. That's my opinion and it's valid. And then they quickly have to defend <laughs> their opinion before you can get out the words like, you know, unbelievable, unprecedented murder rate, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like there's this whole, I mean – yeah, I, I, the, the, the whole narrative of, of like that, that there's somehow, I mean, his, his, I mean, Chappelle's pushing this narrative that like somehow the people who are mad at him on the internet are like the generators of the problem yes. and not, and not responding to a problem. And it's also like, it's like a true like and, and 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 you know this is not like my issue. Like not this is not my personal issue. I'm not like I got to talk about this all the time. I'm just like 
looking at uh, looking around at reality and looking around at the people I know and and looking around at like really smart people talking about real problems in the world and going, okay, I do think it's pretty weird that that's how you see it. That like what you see is these people are attacked. And by the way, I've been, we, I mean, I have published, we published stuff. I remember we published in the first week of the outline, we published a story about a person who detransitioned and it was a really, and we did a ton of work on it. We, the writer did a ton of research. They had, we had it edited by a train, you know, we had a trans editor go over it and, you know, call out where we were making, you know, dumb errors or anything that seemed, you know, we really like put time and effort into like, we want to tell this story because it was a really fascinating story about a person who, and this is an experience that happens where they, you know, they, they were like, wait, I, this is not what's right for me, you know? And like, I've made this, like, this is, and now listen, there've been multiple girls on, 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 there have been multiple girls on drag race this season who were talking with other trans and non-binary people about how, like I lived as a trans woman to see, and it didn't work for me. And like, it was a pretty open discussion. But because we're all aware of the issues involved, we all understand that nobody is medically transitioning without a really thorough process. And the amount of people who detransition once they get to that point is like yeah. what, less than 0.5% of people will ever, of trans people. And it, yeah, no. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, it is, it is a it real is, thing, was, though. Right. And what, listen, and you know, there were, the story was a a way, I mean, it was an interesting way to talk about a very, very um, thorny topic. Yeah. Thorny topic. Not just interesting, but important. I thought like, you know, we all were like, this is important and this is told really well. And it's this person's story. They're really, it's a person, you know, there's a character in the story who is speaking about their personal experience and what they talk about in the story, which is what we, what happened after we wrote it was like, there's a whole part of, of that, of the trans community that and mate and it's honestly not a bad point to say when you publish stories like this it delegitimizes you know trans the trans experience for a lot of people and also other people who are way more removed from it pick up on it and say you see well if you can go back on it then it's not really real or it doesn't really count or whatever and it's like very valid very valid feedback it's, and very valid like stuff to think about but but when people publish but articles think, about gay men who take like drugs and have unprotected sex and they 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 stay up all night they've destroyed their lives or whatever that is a plague in the gay community is like drugs and sex addiction are real issues but that's not most people and so when those stories get highlighted obviously it's frustrating because you're like that's a stereotype and I think there's, and I think there is something to like what what Dave Chappelle talks about, like people coming for him and coming for other people on the internet, is this like what can feel like a very outsized reaction to something that you perceive as not sig- that significant. And I think what is impossible for, what's very hard, not impossible, but very hard for people to see, and which Dave Chappelle either willfully ignores or doesn't see, is that when you are already in a place that is so vulnerable like that your literal existence is questioned by people that you're like whether or not you should be the person you are is questioned by people that it magnifies every one of those situations and it means that every time there's it what to you what to Dave Chappelle or to me or to you might feel like a little story or a little notion or a little idea or a, just a joke or just a thought or whatever that stuff is like a hundred x magnified in in the world of people who are living through an experience that is like 
I'm literally questioned every day and threatened every day because of like who I am as a person. And, and so I do think there is like, yes, is there an outsized reaction often about when it's a controversial take on, you know, uh, on, on, on the, on, on, uh, trans identity or on, on, you know, the political needs of you know protection for trans people like yeah but also we're not living in the experience of the i'm not living in the experience of like being living like you know probably scared a lot of the time that you're going to be actually like physically hurt you know because of like the person that you are so i think like i kind of understand it like i try to put myself in like the mindset of like okay i think some of this feedback's unwarranted or just outright fucking rude but also it's not the same for me as it is for them. And uh, I think there's like something to the uh, trying to be empathetic, even if you disagree. I mean, I, I mean, think the problem with, with Dave Chappelle's shit is like, I don't hear empathy there. I don't hear, I hear like anger. Well, here's, here's, you know? here's and the like, ultimate problem. You're talking about this from the perspective of someone who would take a correction or would, when, when presented with more information, would listen to it. Or someone who would say, you know, we, let's have a trans editor do a pass on this because I don't know what I'm talking about here. And um, a lot of this is new. Well, I, didn't, I didn't personally edit it for the record, but yeah. But, but, but yeah, I mean, it, yes. That's, and that's the perspective that you're coming from. Like if you went to a new town and you saw a burned out building and you're like, what's up with this? And someone was like, actually, don't talk about that. That was an orphanage. You'd be like, oh, wow, thank you. You wouldn't be like, well, it's my right to ask. Jeez. Like <laughs> he's coming at it from the perspective of someone who is extremely rich a million resources and entire the biggest most powerful media company besides Disney and tech company behind him who could educate him could present him with basically anything he wants to know he could speak to as many trans people as possible it's like Caitlyn Jenner there's no excuse for you to act like you why are you acting brand new why are you acting brand yeah, new it's like you could it's like you're like yeah Caitlyn Jenner is like yeah it's like I don't I don't agree with like these you know cancel culture or whatever it's like yeah you don't because you you are on a level that is not like you're a member of the trans community you're a fucking millionaire celebrity and so that puts you on a in a whole different place mentally physically emotionally philosophically politically like you can't you get to say comment. i'd like to know about this topic that i'm clearly fascinated by i want to do an hour of stand up about it why don't i speak to just one more trans person than the one person i know who then committed suicide and i can't speak to why don't i talk to like just a couple trans people the way that if i if i as a white comedian was going to do an hour about the black community i would think i would think to myself let me ask black people what they would how they would perceive what I'm saying and if it is helpful or if it's clearly inaccurate. But the problem that I ultimately have is not just Dave Chappelle being ignorant because like I can't make, I can't fix one person. My ultimate problem is that Netflix does not understand that when you hold Dave Chappelle up and you let pe you make people then say Chappelle, what Chappelle did is offensive and inaccurate. And I don't want to support this company. You make it look to the people at home. Like we're yelling at them for being ignorant, which would be wrong. You shouldn't go to somebody who doesn't know anything about trans people and then yell at them for that. You should say, hi, I it's come to my attention. You don't know anything about this community as a member or as an ally of this community. Let me tell you some stuff about it. And I think most people in a friendly conversation would finish the conversation and like listen to what you're saying what they set up this dynamic where trans people are yelling at someone for being ignorant 
And of course that rings really upsetting to lots of people who are ignorant about trans issues and they don't want to be called bigots or bad people for it. And that's understandable too. But Dave Chappelle is not one of the regular unwashed masses who has no access to this information. <laughs> Dave Chappelle is like the king of comedy currently, you know? Also, also not for nothing, but like, is this really like the most important and interesting thing you can do a fucking comedy routine on right now? Like, I, I just like, I don't know. I mean, I know. Look I at the like world around of, you. It, the, the problem is that some people like transitioned genders. That's the problem that someone wears a dress instead yeah, of I, pants or the opposite. That's the I problem. Just don't, I just feel like it's like just a lot of. He's I, like listen, the real hey, pandemic is bras. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I just. <laughs> I just, I, it just feels, yes, like, that's fine. Like, no one, I mean, no one really, you don't really need, this is not that big of a, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, he talks about, like, the bathroom laws and kind of, like, is like, they're so stupid, you know? Uh, but it's like, don't you understand that your comedy is as stupid as that? Like, you're, you making this into a thing is as stupid as the bathroom law shit? Where it's like you're trying to create something out of actually that is actually for you is actually really nothing, you know. I get it. Whatever. Listen, that's you know he's got to make he's got to he got to he got to get money. He's got to get paid. Um, at any rate, I, sw I swore we weren't going to talk about it for very long, and we did talk about it for somewhat long. But um, you know, it's just interesting. I, I I'm surprised to see that the conversation has continued, and um, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good. I don't know. I can't tell. I could talk about this for another hour, so let's move on. No, I know. Um, I know. I could, too, but it's just... Oh, oh, well, we, we didn't say... Hold on. The one thing I wanted to get to, we were talking... We got. We were about to get to this and somehow went off of it, which is this... With Ted Sarandos, which is the reason we brought him up, is he had a second memo that he put out or whatever, and he's like... Basically was like, well, you know, it's okay for Chappelle to say this, like, really transphobic kind of hateful stuff because you know people watch violent game play violent video games and watch violent movies and crime hasn't you know violent crime has been has actually been falling and it's like that's these two things are not the fucking same disclosure at all disclosure is a documentary that you spent a year doing a victory lap on asking for awards for shoving in our faces you used it as a reason to get involved in queer events like pride and you clearly didn't watch it because that entire idea would be deconstructed for you in probably the first 20 minutes so clearly you don't watch your own product when it comes to being about trans people and that looks really bad that looks worse for you than the Dave Chappelle thing it's like it's just like I don't understand this particular argument. Like you're going to use – you're going to be like – I feel like he's trying to do this thing where people who agree that video violent video games aren't like the root cause of violence in the world, which is like, yes, that's correct. But anti-Semitic uh, violent by the president was a direct yeah, no, and, line to anti-Semitic violence. And vi right. And violent video games don't necessarily make a person go, hey, you know, I think I'm going to pick up a gun and do some shooting. Like, that's true. That's true. People who shoot schools up are not doing it because they, like, because they played Doom, yeah. right? They may they may have played Doom, but those two things are not necessarily related in the way that that I think a lot of people would like to easily relate them. But, like, 
That logic just has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, which is you're giving a platform to what is effectively hate speech, what is effectively, and you're not, it's like, it's like you're just, you're basically saying like, we don't care because it probably won't make somebody like kill a trans person. It, they they won't like, claim responsibility in their in their manifesto when they shoot up like a trans medical center. They won't say I'm just Dave trying to Chappelle understand did this. It. Like, so we'll is, get away. Is the, with argu- is the argument then that like kind of whatever goes is that now are we at the place where we're like, you know what? I want to actually like I want to I'm going to make a video. You know, Netflix is getting into video games. So I want to make a video game where you're like. A guy who just beats up trans people, or you're just but a hardcore we, racist. As we know, you're just a hardcore yeah, 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 Ku Klux yeah. Klan slave owning racist. Yeah, you play as a cop, but and it's you okay. just do a bunch of race. You just do a bunch of racist shootings, and that's the whole game. And like Netflix is, you're, you guys will host it, right? Because because it doesn't reflect real world. It's not like we're actually you're actually going and doing it after you play the game. It's like I don't understand the logic at all. Like it doesn't. It breaks down for me on the most basic level. Like D- Dave Chappelle's words and ideas are not the same thing as like call of duty you know they're just like they're not in the same space like we're talking about like the the content of the 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 of the of these pieces of whatever you want to call them pieces of art the delivery and the meaning and the messenger couldn't be further apart and also to your point about trump it's like there is absolutely a correlation between people in power uh speaking uh in a hateful and hurtful way about groups about large groups of people and the way that certain members of our you know community react to those words and react to those ideas like the idea it's the ideas that are the problem right and like no one's saying Dave Chappelle can't tell jokes but I think it's like Netflix has to take some kind of res- better responsibility for the jokes he tells. And I don't mean like cancel Dave Chappelle, you know, like, but at least say, hey, you know what? I don't I don't agree with what Dave said. And I think what he said is reprehensible. And, uh, you know, if I were making this decision in a vacuum, I would not have put it on Netflix because that would be my personal opinion. But we try to represent, a di- you know, diverse voices. And this is one that happens to be represented now. I just like you're like whatever you're saying is like if your excuse is, well, he's he probably won't lead anybody to beat up or kill a trans person. Like that's your ex- that's your defense of this. It's like you. What do you what is that? I don't even know. I don't even understand it. Anyhow. All right, let's cleanse let's cleanse our mental palate here. Tony, you've had enough of this. We've all had enough of it, okay? Can we We need to de-stress. Uh, oh. My next topic was not de-stressing. Oh no, you're not going to de-stress no. us. What is your next topic? The uh we have a piece on the site about a guy on TikTok oh, no. who has made it his personal miss- mission to be a vigilante hero during COVID, quote unquote. Um by Finding people who post on TikTok that they're not going to get vaccinated, usually medical professionals, um, and then alerting their employer and like trying to make them sort of trend and make the video infamous. So he finds these videos of nurses who are like, uh, guess who's not getting vaccinated? And then hunts them down and like has his fans hound them and he calls their mm. places of employment and gets them fired. Like it's pretty much the cancel culture like um, formula. But if, but if, worked for celebrities and the people that people seem to worry about cancel culture being related to but instead of that uh on regular people and it's a weird 
murky line, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, these are yeah. people doing something obviously wrong, but these are wildly dangerous methods, especially if you get it wrong. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, like TikTok's not the most nuanced platform for the discussion. <laughs> well, first off, I just think we should pause at, you know, he's doing it on TikTok, I think is a good place to kind of pause and say, well, right there, is this the forum for this, for whatever it is that he's and doing? And also, is but this also, really about doing the right thing or, or or the 27 to 50 million followers you've collected or whatever? Um, or is it about, or is it about going viral and getting a spawn con deal or whatever? Yeah, he has um, almost 600,000 followers. I want to be accurate. I mean, listen, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't seen enough of this to really form a, an opinion, but what I will say is I'm sure there are people who are awful enough that they totally deserve to be taken down a peg. Like, I have no doubt there are people who are, uh, who are publicly awful. Like, I think if you're on TikTok and you're being publicly awful to other people or to the people around you, it shouldn't be surprising if somebody is publicly awful to you. Like that to me is sort of expected. Like, like if I go on a social network and I say something horrible in a very public forum, I would expect to get horrible things said back to me. You know, uh, I do think, you know, I am a highly skeptical of all vigilantism particularly the kind that takes place on the internet (laughs) obviously any is bad but like you know there are a lot of there's a lot of like ideas about about internet vigilantes you know taking down the bad guys and i'm always reminded of and i think of the boston bombing suspects who were you know identified by the brilliant minds of reddit um and they ended up identifying people who had nothing to do with the boston bombings who got like seriously harassed and had their lives basically ruined or, because of or it one of the uh, one of the guys that he outed uh as a you know anti-vaxxer whatever whatever um the business that he worked at found out that he was an anti-vaxxer and said i'm sorry this is against our policy you can no longer work here he's fired you got what you wanted they have been relentlessly harassed and reported to the fbi the irs the small business association yeah and, I, I think if you get somebody fired that's probably and it's like the guy who owns the company is like I fired. Like, what do you want? I have nothing to appease you. I mean, I, and then, I, I, I and think, then this guy goes yeah. says, "Oh, I made a TikTok saying don't do that." I mean, I, I think there's. Look, I, we're in a very we're in a very heated moment in the world for lots of different reasons. I think that the COVID stuff. I mean, the the divide between people who will get a vaccine and people who won't is uh, extreme and pronounced, and we are. You know, for pretty good reason, like people who don't get vaccinated aren't just innocuous bystanders in an otherwise, you know, they're not just like, hey, everybody's doing their own thing and personal freedom and whatever else. Uh, I think we're, you know, they're putting other people at risk. They're endangering other people's safety and they tend to be doing it in a way that is seems like uh, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Malicious? Yeah. So it's, it seems like sometimes it's very malicious. I mean, you it's, know? it's, it's let me take all the emotional rage I have about my day to day life and the people who frustrate me in it. And I'm just going to get it all out on this person who I never have to see again. And I understand the impulse, but like we're adults, you can't do that. Yeah. And so, so I think that like, I understand the, the, the vitriol that someone may be feeling about the, uh, not the anti-vaxxers. Um, cause I feel it too. And I am, I'm just so angry all the time about the fact that there's just a whole group of people that have absolute morons that have, that have, that have made, you know, 
this pandemic have doubled the length of it possibly and killed a lot more people. They're complicating for, all your, for, chi- your child's childhood and traumatizing like an entire nation yeah, of people. Yeah. You get, you, you get know, and they're the same. They're like, they're like the people who are, I mean, they're, they're kind of like this unbelievable combination of people who are like, I don't want to have to be, um, I don't want to have to be told what to do. And I'm not going to, you know, the vaccine is dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and also, like, I'm mad because you're asking my child to wear a mask. And it's like, well, we wouldn't ask your child to wear a mask if you got a fucking vaccine, you dumb shit. <laughs> like, 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 you're the reason they have to wear the mask. They are, and they are always the same people. You yeah. know, they're like, the vaccine has 5G and how dare you force my child into a mask? It's like, well, we're trying to keep your kid from getting COVID and trying to stop your kid from giving other people COVID. And coincidentally, the only- all the public health measures are either inaccurate or inconvenient for me, and I'm not going to do yeah. any of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like we're trying, we're doing the best we can because people like you won't fucking do what is good for the for everybody else. So we're just all trying to make sure that your dumb family doesn't fucking ruin it for everybody. <laughs> And they're like, you know, how dare you? I'm an American or whatever dumb shit they say. So I get it. Like, believe me, all those people completely suck fuck ass. Them. Uh, no, fuck them. But it's like, I don't know how much I personally would want to go after any one of them. Like, I'm not, that's not for me. That doesn't, you know, on the other hand, if if you know somebody's putting other people in danger, like if I knew, you know, if I, if I went to the fucking urgent care here and they have a vaccine mandate for all their employees and I overheard one of the people there who works there telling somebody else, oh, yeah, I lied about my vaccine and I didn't get it. You can be sure as shit. I'd be like, this person just told this other person they didn't get the vaccine and like they shouldn't be fucking working here because like that could be really bad for other people there. And like I think it would be in the greater good to say let's not have a person who's lying about their vaccination status be hanging out at the urgent care or whatever. But like I think it's a really that's an extreme case. You know, I don't know that I'd create a TikTok for it, though I understand the the impulse, you know? Yeah. Uh I understand the impulse to harass and shame and ruin the lives of people who are literally put their value, their own personal, weird nonsense fake made up freedom needs over the needs of every person around them. I mean, I definitely, you know, I definitely can understand the rage one might feel at people who have, who have, uh, who make completely nonsensical arguments about made up shit and then expect everybody else to like join their fucked up worldview. So yeah, I don't know. But so it's like on the one hand, kudos to this guy. On the other hand, like, I think he should cut it out, but I'm torn because there's a lot of dumbasses and uh, and a lot of them are doing really rude, bad, hurtful things to other people. So you're right. This was not an upbeat topic, no. and I'm very I'm very unhappy to hear about this. Next topic better be better. Oh no. Well, it's not very upbeat. Um, Amazon is uh, internal documents have shown that it is doing the most monopolistic behavior that anyone could have imagined, and we all knew they were doing, but now we have proof. Um, they're copying products that become popular on Amazon and creating an Amazon Basics version of it, then boosting that in, its, in their search results to choke out those smaller stores until Amazon has, like, absorbed that product or industry. And they're yeah. repeatedly doing this as a pattern. So they're not just running the store. It's called the free market. It's called the free market, Ryan, okay? You know, you don't – you know, this is how innovation happens, Okay. <laughs> 
a, somebody innovates and then a large company that does not innovate steals the idea and puts the other company out of business and then they have an innovative product. So that's what's the problem? You know, that's uh, capitalism. And that's why we are in the offered, greatest country in the world. They offer it for pennies on the dollar. It's manufactured overseas and it cannot be brought to America because uh, because sleepy Joe's <laughs> holding up the supply <laughs> chains. Um. No, look, this is to me what's so crazy about this thing is like I don't need to see internal documents to no. know that Amazon is doing this. Literally ask any company that has been ripped off. I've seen companies that I follow, companies that I know whose products I've purchased that will you know write or publish like long posts or videos about this about how like this is happening to them. What's crazy to me is that I mean, I'm glad that we've got some evidence that some internal evidence to to back up I mean it's what good for court a, stuff. What seems to be a reality, uh, but um, you know, it's like I think I hope somebody does something about it. It's like here's the problem. I mean, it's funny because we're talking about you know, there's been a lot of talk this week in the last couple of weeks about supply chain issues, and there's apparently diaper shortages, and you know, there's no good. I, I will say, you know, you go to like a Target lately. There's a lot of stuff not on the shelves. I mean, people, but you can't although, get, but PlayStation is currently taking reservations for a lottery for the chance to purchase a yeah, PS5 but, for Christmas. But I will say, but I will say, I will say, it is like, wow, the Pokemon section is cleaned out. It's like, <laughs> I get that we're, I get that we're dealing with like supply chain issues and there's real things like, you know, diapers. That's, that's a real, that's a good that like, yeah, we need is no joke. Yeah. Like people need it, you know? And, uh. But like with Pokemon cards or like, you know, PlayStations or whatever, I'm kind of like, things are pretty good if our supply chain issues are, I can't get a PlayStation for Christmas. Like, honestly, yeah. we're in pretty good shape if one, you can buy a PlayStation and you want one and you're trying to get one and you can't get it. Like, that's not, I understand on a macro level, I get it. Like, I know all the, all my finance heads, all my economy heads are screaming at this, at their smart speaker right now. Uh about how you know this is that's it's just a symptom of a larger problem and blah 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 you know and by the way it's all covid just to be clear this is not like a problem created by some magical un we can't no understand no no how it it's because joe Where biden is in the white house yeah. that suddenly uh, right. this wasn't happening right. democrats before. got democrats got control and they were like let's t refuse to let the ships into our no diapers all the good <laughs> goods i want that shit they right on like, the floor they were like yeah they were like they were like, the phone rings in the Oval Office. They're like, uh, Mr. President, we have the diaper boat is here, and they're trying to get into the port to, to unload the diapers so Americans can have diapers. And he's like, tell them to turn around. Tell them to turn back. We don't want and we don't need their diapers. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. The PlayStation boat shows up. They're like, Mr. President, the boat is here with all the PlayStation 5s and NVIDIA uh, uh, GeForce 3900s. What do you want us to do? Tell them to go back to where they came from, or whatever. I assume that's what he said. Those right? aren't those aren't socialist enough for us. Not with our he's evil like, when, plan. I won't let. He's like, I'm not letting any Nvidia GPUs into this country till everybody can have an <laughs> Nvidia GPU. A graphics card in every pot. That's my motto. Yeah. He's like, it. It's. It's uh, Marx. The Marxist. Dream will only be realized once <laughs> everyone has a PlayStation 5. <laughs> Anyhow, um, 
I like this evil Joe Biden character. I actually, I got to say, I'm very excited about the evil Joe Biden character that has been created on this podcast. And I plan to get a lot of mileage out of it, both on this podcast and in my personal life, mainly and largely to my wife. And I think she'll really yeah, enjoy Yeah, you're that. just biding your time until you can pull this one out again. There it goes. There it is, everyone. And that Ayo. is how you know. And that's how you know Ryan is, is a professional comedian. When you hear that kind of, when you hear that kind of sharp pointed comedy you know he's up there with the greats like my man louis ck dave Chappelle, uh <laughs> bill cosby um r kelly not a comedian but you know what i'm saying yeah that, that writer uh, from girls who was a rapist <laughs> all those guys the writer from girls lena dunham uh <laughs> anyhow but uh the yeah, lena man. dunham of input <laughs> you tell him to you tell him to turn that boat around <laughs> i like that he's also until- batman not until every unemployed person who we're sending a welfare check to also has a PlayStation 5. I'm not wearing hockey pants because they're not it's in like, stock. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Okay, so, so uh, wait, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, right, supply chain. No, wait, but there was something else. What were we talking about? My brain is not functioning today. Before that, we were talking about Amazon. Oh, yeah, Amazon. They're great. Anyhow. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say. Diapers. So so everybody's like, wow, diapers, you can't get them. And then I was like, let me see if this is true. And I went on Amazon and Amazon's got tons of diapers. Amazon will sell you diapers. I can buy diapers and have them delivered here tomorrow. Now, I don't need them. My diaper party's not till this weekend. But <laughs> if I needed them tomorrow, tomorrow's technically Friday, I guess. So maybe I should do an order. But uh, I got to diap up this weekend. All I'm saying is I'm going to have those diapers they're going to be delivered by Amazon. But apparently what's happening is Amazon is like, hey, we'll pay a premium for your diapers. And Jeff Bezos's purse has his own boat, which can slip through Joe Biden's net, okay, into directly into the, the, the Amazon warehouse. I mean, there is some – there actually is some truth to this, which is uh, – that companies like Amazon are monopolizing. They've monopolized the diaper market to a point where they can control. They're like, we have diapers. What do you mean? You know, oh, your local bodega doesn't have diapers. Well, that's good to hear because we've got them and they're, you know, they're going to cost a little bit more, but we can get, and we would love if you just, if you created a lot If you know, some people, especially poorer people don't generally have the disposable income for stuff on Amazon. But if you could create a login and then give us your payment information and then you're on the site, you know, we got some deals. You'd be surprised yeah. the values, and that's good for us. Um, uh, by the way, anyhow, but now you have to yes. wait multiple days for your diapers. So, oh right, right, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, so there, there are, but but Amazon is. I mean, again, you know, there are. I will, I will say there are things about. There are things about Amazon that are great. totally. We okay, we there, need I said to it. nationalize I said it. it because it's a useful thing to have. It's I mean, there's something really good powerful. about about. I think there's something really good about some of the things that Amazon does, and I love a lot of their services. Not a lot of them, some of them. Uh, but I think a, an unchecked Amazon is ultimately not in the in the greater good, right? Yeah. Like an unchecked Amazon is just like an unchecked Walmart. Anyone with unlimited societal and monetary and political power probably isn't going to end great. And if you I give it think, to a corporation yeah. whose expressed goal is to extract as much money as possible and then send um, a very strange man to space with it. Yeah. I just think it's like, it's like, listen, I am, I am, I, I, I do think there's something to the argument that, uh, <laughs> I mean, that you must admit 
there is something to the argument that we have a concentration of an enormous amount of wealth in the hands of very few people who have no awareness or understanding and can do nothing about the suffering and the pain and the hard um, situations of, of so many others. And it does seem like a lot of what we're feeling now, that a lot of this like post, not even post pandemic, but, you know, pandemic related stresses on our economy, on our workforce, on the, you know, pay disparity, on women in the workplace, on, you know, racial disparities, on all this stuff that these are not just the way like reality is. And it's just like, this is, we all must experience, you know, this reality that just is coming at us that no one has any control over. It is very possible that the concentration of such enormous wealth and power among such a small amount of people is is breaks the kind of fabric of how this world should function for most people. And eventually it is only it's going to get a lot worse than this. Eventually something's got to give, you know? And like I do think like trying to find a way to reframe how capitalism functions, and we're not gonna get rid of capitalism. Never. It probably and probably, but at least let's just say I'll be. I, I maybe there's a version of life that exists beyond capitalism that we can't imagine yet. That that someone will solve, like someone will create a matter generator that's completely solar powered, and we haven't burned the sun out or whatever. And it just is like, okay, stuff now, like you, anybody can have whatever stuff they want. So it's all we're living a, in grind AI gamification communism. Yeah, or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, if you had, if everybody, if there was a matter generator on every corner, okay. Like where the where the taco trucks used to be that I think Trump was upset about or whatever. <laughs> remember that? Remember when he was like, you know, is this what you want? A taco truck on every corner? And, I, and everybody was like, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. That is exactly what everybody in America wants. I even racist Didn't people. Didn't he are like, build yeah, a would... taco restaurant or something? Wasn't he wasn't he making his restaurant he make a, tacos? He ate a taco. <laughs> he ate a taco once, I think. Is anyhow, but the point is uh maybe there will be you know a matter generator on every corner and, and like everybody could just have whatever they need and it's okay we can i but i'm not i don't know that i'll ever uh i i may never live to see that but there's got to be a tweak of capitalism that we can do a little augmentation a little attenuation of the way it functions so that we can distribute i'm not saying all the wealth okay so but maybe a little bit more and maybe just not even talk about the straight distribution of wealth, but more like the evening out and the settling down of what undistributed wealth creates. Just, just right? with all of Meaning, our technological advancements and scientific advancements and, and you know, study and, and organization that we've done over hundreds of years, more people should have homes than, than, than have. You know what I mean? Like, like we have empty houses. People should be in them. This isn't like rocket science. I mean, I am just, and it's just like, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, uh, I think we've got to f solve this and we've got it. Somebody's really got to, got to do it. Like, like there's got to be a way to even this out a bit because this, the way we're headed, where we're headed is not tenable. And by the way, all of the, all of the, all of the racist you know, whatever, I don't know who they are with these white Trump people. Um, they're as much a victim of this completely lopsided insanity of the way we've arranged society as anybody else is. It's just that they have, they believe that they are the uh, 
they believe that they are the benefact yeah. the uh, the beneficiaries of the of the arrangement. They think it's a zero sum game, and that the people be- yeah. whoever they are, the people below them are suffering, and it's good. You know, it's like you've got like you build a robot, an AI rope driven robot to take out your enemies. You know, and it's like you're like, ha ha, this robot is taking out all my enemies because I've programmed it to hate those people and to shoot it'll, them on it'll get that hedgehog this time yeah whatever and eventually it's like you know the robot's gonna be like wait a second this guy is also a problem yeah you know like they're, it's gonna turn on you it's like the, the, they think that like but also uh, they've never been the beneficiaries of the system like like poor white people uh or middle class white people maybe there was a period where some middle class white people were the beneficiaries. yeah they got a tax cut like, one year you know, there no, no, no. But an earlier version of America, for sure, there was like this kind of effort to really try to build up oh, this yeah, middle yeah, class, yeah, yeah. Uh, this middle class in America. Uh, and of course, it was largely focused on white people because that was people in power only recognized white people as existing. Um, you know, it's the only type of person they could recognize as, as being in existence. But like, but that's just we're just gone away from that completely. There's not even an attempt, not even one that's like completely slanted towards one group of people. It's just like. There's the there's the top, and there's everything else, which is the bottom. And and if you manage to eke out something in the middle, it was like sort of a, an accident, or you know you're just tr- you know you got close it's to precarious. the top and you never made it. Yeah, it's definitely precarious. Like like for sure. Like I'm not on the bottom. Like I'll just say as oh, a, totally. a, a you know I've I have a I have a career in you know media and in technology and like i've done fairly well and you know i've done me I've, I've started startups and whatever you know it's like but i know i feel at any moment what i have is tenuous oh to your point totally my parents and, and, are and, firmly and, middle class and that could end today <laughs> yeah and i could be and i could be i could be fucking on the street in a matter of in a matter of days um but but so anyhow it's just like this fucking disparity listen i'm not trying to i'm not preaching like you know, you don't want to be a socialist. That's fine. We're so far from socialism. We're so far from like. I mean, what it's socialism just anti-competitive, like legislation, monopolistic behavior. Like these are American ideals. Is breaking down monopolies so that we can better have competition in the marketplace? Because that's what you guys love. You love competition. You love capitalism. That's what everybody seems to want. And so we came up with rules saying if someone's broke the game, so no one else can play. That's not competition anymore. So we have you know, legislation and systems in place and none of them are working. None of them are working. We're living in a reality where like, you know, U.S. steel didn't get broken up and there's like a monopoly on steel and it was used to break into every other industry and become like a one corporation, slowly a one corporation. And also, you know, at a surprisingly quick rate, did one company become 45% of American retail or whatever. Um, but it's it, it it should worry everyone. But there are people who who yeah. to whom they've decided it's they're not going to worry it, about it because it will make them different than the people they don't like who are also worried about it, which is like lefties. Yeah. Anyhow, so it's they want to like, own the uh, libs. Yeah, everybody's trying to own the libs, but meanwhile, what do you own? <laughs> huh? That's a little. All right, let's I'm get out of here. I can't deal with that. <laughs> no, we should, guys. Is there any? Is there nothing we're going to talk about that's upbeat and nice? Well, we have nice things. Hmm. All right, fine, man. Fine. You got to you know go. What? Fine. Well, Tony didn't expect anything better from us, did no. he? Why would he? <sighs> I don't know. All right, let's do nice things. Nice things. Okay. You want me to go first? 
Yeah, I'll go first. You know, my nice thing is, is when Joe Biden tells me to turn that boat around, oh, Mr. President, uh, they're here with food. They have enough food to feed everybody in America for the next 10 years. <laughs> Tell them to get that boat out of my port. <laughs> Mister. Tell them to go back to whatever tropical island that food came from. I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't have, I don't, what is my nice thing? What is my nice thing? What do I, what am I liking? Oh shit. I'll tell you my nice thing. It's going to be very quick. You know, in, a, in, a, in, in, I'm not, I'm kind of like so bored of content. I'm so over content these days. I'm so sick of TV shows, but I started watching Fargo, the series, which I don't know if you've ever watched it. Fargo. Oh yeah. But it is, I'm, and I just finished the second season. It, it is just great, great fucking TV. I mean, it is just great. I don't know how they managed to like make this. You know, it's definitely like, it's definitely not, it's not like very important, I would say, in the sense of like, it's, and I think that's, that's part of the appeal. Like, I think it's part of the appeal. Like, I think they also don't take it so seriously, the people who've who've created the show, in, in the sense that, like, it's not like a show that's, it's not like, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, like people talk about The Sopranos, you know, they make these big statements about America, or, you know, Mad Men is this really important statement, or The Wire, or whatever. It's not like that. It's like these these stories just completely outrageous, but so engrossing, and so like beautifully acted and smartly written and fun and funny and surprising and just like beautifully shot, expertly directed, like perfect television in my opinion. And and I I had never watched it. I kind of avoided it because I was not a big fan of the movie. And I was like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. And I knew that like the show was kind of, uh, it's not, you know, each season is its, is its kind of self-contained thing. It's its own story. Yeah, it's an anthology. Sort of set in, yeah, it's an anthology sort of set in familiar sort of the, you know, the Fargo area, basically. Um, but just like, just super good. I, I mean, I, I haven't watched all of it yet, but I would just say if you're desperate for something to watch, if you love great, like, like I mean, this is like in like Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Breaking Bad kind of territory in terms of like quality. You know, it's like the best the TV has to offer, in my opinion. And, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I will say one thing. It's very violent. I mean, it's a show that, like, I think in in many ways is kind of making fun of violence. It's so over the top sometimes that you're like, this is just absurd. Um, so if you're like, if you don't have a stomach for that, you may not enjoy it. It's a very, I also feel like it's a very dude kind of show. Like, I feel like it's like, it definitely has, it's not like just about guys, but it definitely feels like, you know, it's a show. It, it, I, I, I would not be shocked to find out the writer's room is very dude's rock. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of a it's kind of like a dude. I said to Laura last night when we were watching it, it's kind of like a dude soap opera in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, it's like a, it has it deals with lots of themes of like dudedom, and I don't mean like bros, but I mean like what it is to be a man, be a guy, to be a guy in the world. Anyhow, that's but Fargo. That's my nice thing. Go check it out if you're if you're desperate for something to watch and you don't want to fucking if you already watched all the good stuff and you haven't gotten to Fargo, I highly recommend it. Um, I will very quickly say I uh, we my husband made me watch the season of American Horror Story, which I really didn't want to watch because every year, oh my God. 
Speaking of anthologies. Yes. Every year it is starts off with one episode that I'm like, all right, that was pretty good. I mean, overwritten, but pretty good. And then by the end, it's just a completely off the rails disaster mess. And I'm so mad that I wasted time on it. Happened again this year, even though this year they did a double feature where each thing was only six episodes so that they could or five episodes, maybe even um, so that they could force themselves to not do that this time. And they still did it. And I was so mad. And then we watched Midnight Mass after that, which is that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Is it bad? Mike Flanagan I night and day I'll say both of them are about similar themes the first part of American Horror Story and Midnight Mass I don't want to give anything away if people don't know um but it is it is very similar themes dealt it is like watching it's like reading an essay from the worst student in class and then the best student in class it is night and day in the filmmaking the writing the acting the special effects i am so creeped out i'm having such a good time with this midnight mass it's very catholic which for me is usually a disqualifier i love it so good so i would recommend definitely not watching american horror story but if you did definitely watch midnight mass excellent television oh, wow. loved it really you think they pair is yes but don't sign up for netflix for it if you already have a netflix account watch it while your netflix account runs out because you canceled it because you're a good person who hates steve chappelle I don't, I don't think we're in danger of uh i don't know advertising for netflix <laughs> i don't, yeah i mean we're getting people signed up accidentally or something um all right is that it should we get out of here it. all right good stuff bye Goodbye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been told that your family has arrived at the port and evil Joe Biden has turned them away.